Welcome to Design Speaks. We're here to chat about music, pop culture, cool places, and basically whatever we feel is relevant. and you're listening to episode 126 of Design Speaks. This week, I have a special guest joining me, Vanessa Dewey. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi, Brandy. Thank you for having me. I first met you, if I'm not wrong, on an elevator at the AIJ Leadership Retreat in Dallas. Does that sound right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I think I was uh, headed to my room with a mutual friend <laughs> who introduced mm-hmm. me to you. And um, yeah, we kind of got to know each other just a, a very little bit there. And we've sort of been connecting over, you know, DMs and texts since then. Vanessa is a community builder, marketing professional, and currently works at Adobe as the senior project marketing manager. That's a mouthful. <laughs> yes, it is. And I hopefully this is not actually I I just left on Friday, so it's all new. Oh, so, yes. okay. So I guess my first question was going to be anyways, sort of if you want to talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now, what your journey has been up to this point and what you're going to be doing, I guess, now in the future. Sure. No, definitely. I apologize about that, Brandy. Everything's happened so quickly. Oh, so. no, no apologies <laughs> necessary. I looked at it today just to make sure everything was updated, but we don't always update LinkedIn with our life, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when things just happen. So I'm a little slow to that right now. Yeah, no but, worries. Um, I guess you, I, I'll just say overall, like my career path is definitely not linear. I'm definitely not tick the box type of creative. Uh, my background is in graphic design for about eight years. I was in-house design for Mattel and branding and packaging, working across multiple verticals of the t- of, and play patterns of toys. Um, and then I sort of at a certain time of my career halfway through at during that venture at Mattel I decided to sort of take something else on because I realized there was no outside creatives coming in to inspire a creative community of 400 to 600 plus creatives Mm. in Los Angeles so I took on while having a full production schedule realized I needed to take on and create the speaker series, those grassroots, and over the course of five years, built it up from quarterly to bi-weekly, bringing design thought leaders like Brian Collins to Debbie Millman and Leland Mashmeyer. Wow, so, what a great so idea. It, it was it was, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> in theory. But, then, but that sort of was, in essence, in 2013, when I started doing that, it sort of planted the seeds because at the same time, too, I had sort of a, a thought what will I do next in my career? So for me, I went ISC and found other opportunities to infuse leadership and ex- other types of opportunities to help elevate and evolve myself as a creative and as a leader. So this speaker series was one. Also, you know, as you mentioned, AIGA, I got involved in the Los Angeles chapter quite a bit. And over the years, that sort of helped me in a, in a, in a way to supplement what I was looking for that I wasn't, say, per se, getting as an inter- uh, IC at Mattel. Not to say that the community wasn't amazing, but still, like, adding that extra oomph. And mm. then it came in 2016. I think this was just be- a year or so before I met you. A yeah. lot changed in my life. Um, I hit my what's next moment in my career. I was no longer inspired. I, just, I could do packaging. I do branding. But it just wasn't singing to me in my gut. And then at the same time, too, I decided to leave my husband and divorce him. 
So there's a lot of... Oh my gosh, so much. (laughs) (laughs) And what I ended up doing was professionally, I was able to take this role and evolve it and create it to, uh, I guess that's experiential, educational and inspirational called The Hub, ultimately, Mm. that supported about 400, 600 plus creatives at the headquarters of Mattel. I continued my speaker series and added on to it by creating an internal speaker series to support and highlight creatives, leaders in our community at Mattel, uh, podcasts, uh, help my L&D, um, my L&D with creative career pathing. And as a side note, this role actually then, the COO transitioned it into HR. So I was in learning development. So I go from branded packaging to HR. So that lasted for almost two years. And I, I, coincidentally, when I first went into that role, I went to Adobe Max in San Diego. And one of my friends is one of the community managers for the Creative Jams community um, team. And I was went up to see if, she, if there was any insight, if anything was coming enterprise side. So as it did, as it turned out, they were working towards that. And in summer of 2017, I was a part of the pilot for Adobe Creative Jams Enterprise. Fast okay, forward, which is what? Okay, so Creative yeah, Jams is... For those who don't know. Okay, Creative Jams at its core, it's part is a two-part creative experience, part inspiration, and part hands-on. Uh, there are community, and there's also enterprise now, but basically the format is you have teams of creatives, two to four, depending, it varies, but having teams of creatives have a certain brief, learn a certain tool from Adobe, be it Adobe XD, Adobe Stock to Adobe Rush, and then have a... T- and are tasked over the course of three hours to address the brief while leveraging these these tools. You then also bring in thought leaders such as local design leaders or even just creative leaders, anybody to spark inspiration depending on what you want them to talk about and the theme. And then also at the end, you bring in all the creatives and have them do presentations of their final deliverables uh, to present to the teams. And there's usually prizes and all. So it's a, it's a nice experience. Yeah, it's You think it's like a hack, but it actually creates a little more element of fun, not just a hack. No, it's, so, it's a lot of fun. I actually participated in a creative jam here in Albuquerque. Um, oh. Yeah, my team member and I actually won the the choice award or whatever the thing is. But yeah, I just awesome. wanted you to kind of explain what that is for the people that don't understand. We haven't had one around here in a while, so just gotcha. just to explain a little bit. <laughs> but so what had happened was coming into 20, 2018, this program was then adopted onto the Creative Cloud Enterprise side in the marketing. So I was brought over to join the team and that's where I ended up. So it went from branding and packaging design into more of a creative HR learning development role. And then that transitioned very well into this uh, role within the enterprise side. And it was a great opportunity. What I did was each of basically what I was doing at Mattel is then able to translate across in essence to different customers, key customers. So over the course of the first year, I had the you know, I was lucky enough to be able to help establish that in Europe. So I was working with customers to curate these bespoke events for BBC, Vice Media, Sky TV, wow. uh, to, to Petland Brands. I did some in, Euro- in North America too, and then I came back to North America um, because to focus more on Nor- this last year, particularly uh, the last few months I was focusing on North America and helping out the team here. So you were kind so, of split living. Indeed, yes, correct. For the first 12 months, 
to 14 months, I was splitting my time actually between Los Angeles and London, uh, which was mental. <laughs> and then, and then, then I sort of phased out of the Europe side, but then I still, at once I moved to New York, I was for work wise, I was in New York, but then still continued when I could, because I could work remotely at times. I was in London when My I could, because I, over the course of, over the course of the year, I built up a really lovely and inspiring design network mm. and tribe of, and some really dear friends over there. So I just couldn't, that's where everything sings to me. So I would always go back there when I can. So that's amazing. So it, are you at liberty to kind of speak to what your next step is? What you're up to right now before we go, go on to our oh, topic for today? Sure. No, I definitely can. So basically, I had a moment of clarity literally Thanksgiving week. I was in London and I had all these different mo- conversations with people and then just something clicked. And I'm just going to actually finally take a pause. For the last three years, I've been taking a pause between... Mattel and Adobe, I took two days off a Saturday, Sunday, which is not a weekend. So I'm just taking wow. a pause and delving into what I really want to do, some side projects, and then having these conversations I haven't been able to have, um, and a few other things, too. So what, what sort of side projects, if I can pry? I love people's side projects. So for several years, people keep saying, you need to write, you need to write. Mm. So I'm going to be pitching some articles, design-based and creative-based, but also to one of my passions besides building communities and connecting people and is coffee as you probably have seen yes and you post lovely lovely pictures of coffee oh thank you so basically what i'm going to try to do is also create a dialogue of building community but more or less talking about coffee but also broadening it to broader creatives so i'm pitch trying to figure out a way to pitch a, a formatted series so if I'm in London, I'll pick three creatives or three people within even the food industry and go to their three favorite coffee or wine shops and talk about it and go from there. So I'm, I'm playing around with different types of not just doing creative or design industry focused writings, but other also infusing some of my other passions. Into yeah, it. that is really exciting. And thank you. And then all of this, I'll be taking my pause in, in London. So I bought a one-way ticket <gasps> to London and... Yeah. Oh man! So uh, we had a long layover. I was I was in Europe um, in at the beginning of October, and we had a really long layover in London. Um, so we we had like a four hour chance to just kind of explore as quick as we could. It was the day of that crazy Brexit <laughs> thing on a Saturday, so oh, it was Lord. like bonkers oh, and like subway places were like blocked off and stuff but I definitely want to visit again when it's probably less chaotic and when we have more time <laughs> to hang out there but it was it was really beautiful it is it's there's something unique about the design community and just the creative community as a whole and then also too as a city it's I always feel it's like little hamlets pieced mm-hmm. together so you have a high street with just bustling but then you can go off a couple blocks and you're by canals and have pubs right. there. So it's a nice, it's a nice balance. Well, I'm really excited for you for all those things. Share with everybody real quick your, um, like where people can find you so they can follow all your adventures. Probably the best bet is on my Instagram at, it's at Van Do, but D-E-W, can do. 
so you and I had I don't remember I think you posted something um, on your Instagram at some point a few months back this idea of someone asked you do you miss being creative and I was really interested in that it kind of got me thinking so I wanted to talk with you kind of on this podcast about that question of like, do you miss being a creative? How do you respond to that? What are your thoughts on, you know, being a creative quote unquote, or being in the creative industry? Sounds great. Um, yeah, I think overall, I feel when it comes to creativity, it's, you know, creativity holds no bounds. And I feel there's definitely when you get into certain areas, maybe this is because it's more corporate, or there's just maybe culturally how we are all sort of programmed there's like that cookie cutter where you feel if you're not if you're in like maybe i have no clue if you're not doing something tangible like i feel because of my transition from branding and packaging Uh into more of a cultural role that's where that person was like oh do you miss being creative but when you step back and look at everything everybody's creative in essence maybe you don't want an accountant to be too creative (laughs) but as a as a whole, creativity, that's, it's very, it's, o- it's over everything. Creativity is how you maybe decide to, you know, chefs are creative. You have mixologists, coffee um, baristas oh, yeah. are creative. So you have across the board, but I feel when it comes down to people just think if you're not creating something that's tangible, it's not being, cre- being creative. Yes, I might not be creating packages that sit on shelf at, for six months at a time anymore, but when you step back and look at what I'm doing or maybe some or other people who are more strategy-based, you are creating something that's impacting on a wider scale. I was impacting the creators at Mattel that were then creating this design work that was creating, influencing young the younger generations for the future of play. So there was a lot more lingering impact, I yeah. feel. So would you say that like strategy in itself is a form of creativity, do you think? Oh, my that's a great question. I don't, I would see what, if from my perspective, I'm not a strategist per se. I'm not, I can't say I'm a design strategist or a branding strategist. That's not like my um, title, but why not? I feel at this day and age, it's like we need to push the envelope. We need, and creativity is the way it's going to evolve. Even, you know, with the upcoming world, um, world economic forums, Davos mm-hmm. manifestos coming out next year again creativity on the like the top 10 skills for future jobs it's creeped up it's like number three i think this year so creativity is in everything do you think that's because people are afraid robots are going to take our jobs <laughs> so it's like robots can oh, be creative my. so that's a really valuable human skill true no I, I definitely i think that's true but then also too when you think of the way our future is looking the way the business world is looking it's very volatile it's unpredictable we have consistently heard in the last few years there's no competitive advantage anymore only competitive advantages with time so you have like creativity is what's going to make the difference regardless to your point the robots cannot help that they can maybe build build out analytics and give you data that can support your next venture but when you're pushing the envelope to think even further that's the human mind that's going to do that and creativity helps with that so in your in your sort of um process of putting together i'm I'm really interested in this this like speaker series um because i feel like that would take a lot of creativity even though you know you said you were more like in the the 
the HR side? I was learning development. Okay, learning so development, which yeah. still sounds, it yeah, doesn't but, sound super creative, right? If you're like, oh, I'm in learning true. development. I don't disagree. I 100% agree with you that creativity is in everybody. How did you feel like you were creating something in that space when you were coming up with this series and figuring out? I, I feel like there was definitely strategy behind those choices, I'm sure. That's a great question. By nature, I am a connector and I've been able to connect dots where some people cannot see it and it doesn't make sense to some people, but then once it pulled together, it makes sense. I One thing, I fortunately with the speaker series, before landing into the learning development role, I had seen an opportunity because for five years, no outside, as I mentioned, no outside creatives came in and it was just a very pivotal time of our, of Mattel's create, uh, culture. It was post uh, 2008, there was, it was very well documented in trade papers of just really, uh, I guess you could say there was a downturn, um, a little bit of struggle, and that affected our culture. And I just just thought, how can I inspire and help creatives and enable them? You know, at the end of the day, I'm a person that wants to help people and help have them fulfill like their and evolve their stories. So I just saw the opportunity. I'm like, how can we do this? So there was a group of us that teamed up together initially and just basically it was first who we knew and who we could bring in that was relevant for topics Mm -hmm. and then from there evolved and of course I was I was the one that's always trying to push think beyond so I I think 2015 I actually brought in Dr. Nellie Ben-Hayoun I don't know that name she was like (laughs) Dr. Nelly Ben-Hayoun, she used to be on the uh, one of the advisors for the AIGA Los Angeles chapter, okay. but she is known she she is known the found the founder of the University of the Underground. She has just n- numerous accolades and has a um, a lot and a lot of amazing roles, like being a uh, part of the VR community for the UN. But the one thing I got to know her about was the space orchestra. For about two years, Ooh. she she went back to Ames facility up near San Jose in the okay. Bay Area to connect with them because what she ended up doing is creating an orchestra, leveraging the engineers and the people who worked at NASA. And they had the opportunity to collaborate with the likes of Beck to Sigaross, Davion Alhorn of the Gorillas and Blur, among wow. other people. I got to see... I got to see them at the Hollywood Bowl open up for Sigaross. And it was just amazing, the oper- just seeing the possibilities of creativity and just thinking outside the box. She's So she that's why I brought her in there. I'm like, she's thinking outside the box. She's taking risks. At that time, she was working with a scientist to create musical uh, fruit, I <sighs> believe, that made our musical instruments. Wow. So just think. So always try to hit those notes. When I brought in Leland Mashmeyer, he had just come over. He had left Collins and went to Chobani, where he is now the CCO. And he's building up and helping build out that the organization, the creative team. And I thought, this is great. Have him come in because we still need cultural mm-hmm. support. So there's like different strategic points. Or even I, for when I first joined this HR role, I felt or I was trying to work towards a maker lab at Mattel and make mm. sense, Mattel toys and all. So I brought in, there's this panel that consisted of, of Ryan Noon of Nike, who is the creative director at the Blue Ribbon Studios, uh, Alexandra Williams, who was used to 
was formerly of Airbnb and was a part was the person who championed their common room, their common room, I believe, or their maker labs. Tim Bolonics, who is amazing creative of the Bay Area, now leads the branding team at Pinterest and built out their own maker studio, was a part of the analog lab at Facebook and was a part of the Airbnb one wow. too in its infancy. And then wrapping that out with Pat um with Pete Chu, formerly of IBM, who started their Maker Lab. So there's a whole panel about okay. Maker Labs. And so bringing in different thought um, perspectives. So it's it's all based on what was going on at the time of the company and what I could see and see how we can push, sort of plant the seeds and not just do the status quo. And you said you aren't a strategist. Look at you. All this is very strategic, uh, if you ask me, in my uh, humble opinion. <laughs> so <laughs> what role do you think that you've had has left you feeling like the most creatively fulfilled? That's a great question. I ultimately feel when I was trying to set up the program for the creative, the um, creative jams in Europe was fascinating because for me, what really got to me was I didn't dive in as deep as my friend who's writing at Mollen is writing it now. She's digging even deeper, but, but what fascinated me was beyond connecting with these comp- these companies and all, but it's also thinking about more of the potential opportunity, the potential element of cultural influences, because in Europe, you know, what might work well in the UK will not work well in Southwest and like France or Germany. Interesting. So for me, that I found that fascinating. That was thinking outside of the box and also connecting with people because at my core, I love cultural how cultures connect. And form connections to create community. So there was, I was touching upon all that while I was in Europe. So, so I think that we are close to time. I want to respect your time today. If you have any, I, I'm sort of very curious about what do you think is the the value of people connecting over a cup of coffee versus like connecting over, you know, I don't know, Skype or DMs on Instagram or any other sort of digital means? I love that question. Thank you for asking it. I think there's a lot to it because for me, I feel what, if you know, I'd probably be, it's maybe too broad an answer, but there's a lot more than just having a hopping cup, like hot cup of black molten with a, fr- with a friend or a person that you just maybe got in contact mm-hmm. with and on LinkedIn. I think also too, for me, what there's even a big cultural connection beyond what co- this that cup of coffee always going back to the growers and how that mm. builds out and there's this whole connection connectivity behind it so for me it, i just feel especially in this digital age it's great that we can connect to people across time zones leveraging you know vcs or dmings or whatsapp and all but the more we get connected that way the more we get disconnected and you really can't sh- truly feel that can that energy that when I met one of my friends, I blindly linked in with her. I was like, Hey, I would love to learn more about talk more about the London design scene. We met up for coffee. And to this day, she's one of the people I adore Mm. the most because we got that personal connection. You walk away, you feel that energy. So for me, I, it's, if you can't, if you're not in the same time zone, it's great. But if you have the opportunity, it's invaluable because people can, there's a difference between talking on the phone, texting, misinterpretations occur. 
So when you're connecting in person, I feel there's that's valuable. I absolutely agree. So what is your cup? What is your coffee? What is your order? <laughs> I'm very simple, black as is. So my favorite is nice Ethiopian or Kenyan third wave coffee. Roasters, I'm very it varies, okay. but also, but I'm not too much of a coffee snob because too some t- one of the best cups of coffee I had was like at some I think some bodega somewhere <laughs> in Europe once. I can't, I think it was like Germany or something. It's like random. Like so, I'm not. there's one brand which i will not say i'll never i will never drink (laughs) but but for me i'll just go if i'm in london i'll just ask for the filter takeaway for two quid and i'm fine with that i don't need the 20 dollar coffee for me it's just as long as it's not burned i'm fine so i guess where have you had like the ultimate cup of coffee like where has been the oh my gosh i need that all the time it varies i don't it's really hard to say I don't know. I always write the roasters, but for me, sometimes it's more about the okay. environment I'm in and the personality. <laughs> yeah, your mood. There is exactly so my one of my favorite go to places, and I'll always go back. And even the last day I was in London, just before I flew out, and there's this place in Shoreditch. It's right between Shoreditch High Street and Great Eastern Street on a side sort of, I guess, foot uh, traffic path, and it's called Visions. It's not a massive cup. Most of the coffee cups, you will not get huge ones. Like you can't get a large over right, here right, in the U.S. Yeah. But for me, it's just great coffee, just from just filter pre pre roasted. But then it's also the dialogue. I there's this one person there from Australia who I've known since I started going there over a year plus ago, and still to this day, it's great. So for me, I feel it's that that adds to for it. For sure, if it's great coffee, if it's great coffee but poor service and poor personality, I probably adds will never a little go back sour there, to it. I love the coffee. <laughs> Exactly. I think so. I didn't actually. I don't think I was. I don't think I had the opportunity to have any coffee when we were in London. We were there for such a short time. We were just running around. But um, the best coffee I've ever had yet is probably in Italy. I didn't have a bad cup of coffee anywhere in Italy. Wonderful. So I'm just going to shoot off some really fun, sort of quick questions for you. Um, The first one Mm -hmm. is What are you listening to right now? What is your favorite thing to listen to as in music? Yeah. As in music, I'm all over the place. My go-to probably is Wild Nothings because it really, you could delineate it to maybe The Cure and some other 80s Britpop. That's good stuff. I'm going to have to look that one up. Uh, Describe yourself Mm -hmm. in three words. This is the hard one. It (laughs) is um, connector, passionate, Mm. disruptor. Ooh, those are good. And that didn't even take you very long. Usually people hum and haw over that for a while. Good job. <laughs> um, what do you geek out about, I guess, besides coffee? Oh, Lord. Um, I geek out. This is really going back to connecting and all. Besides, I feel geeking out over little things like going to certain art museums and certain, seeing certain uh, pieces of art or like uh, specific exhibits. Like last year, I geeked out over heart. Charles Schultz at Somerset House with the Snoopy collection, but, but stuff like that. But what I, but really what I geek out over is when I find somebody or I meet somebody or have a friend, I'm like, I got to connect you with this person and having them vibe amazingly well and spin off of that. It, that gets a, I get a media buzz off of that. So I geek out over that. Ah, that's really good. I love that. Um, when are you most productive? 
Oh, Lord. Um, it varies because my whole t- inner time clock has been <laughs> messed with this last year. So, In a perfect it, world, when are you most productive? Oh, early morning, but then also I, over the years, I tend to be later at times, too. Depending on the project or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who do you follow that you think everyone else needs to know about? Mm. Let me see who I've been... Speaking of <laughs> connecting, who would you like to connect all of us to? <laughs> Probably a lot of the people, design-wise, we all follow the same people for the most part. But the one person I find interesting, it's not design-related. Her name is Missy Flynn. And she's not a designer at all, but she is... Uh, she's, in, she's in the food industry in London. Okay. And she's... But just her mind... Her, I think the creativity behind what she has done with building out probably Rita's one of the top amazing restaurant that was around for about four years and how she's evolving it with her partner Gabe, but then also to just taking it beyond that. If you look her up even on for articles, cause she's getting her master's in some amazing degree, which I cannot quote, <laughs> but I follow her because it's just, it's fun. It's nothing for me. That's, I like the fun and the perspective there. But then when it comes to design, I it doesn't have to be a design person. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's whoever. Like, I, I am very vocal on this show about the fact that people need to not only sort of be friends with designers and follow design things and look at design inspiration. Like, your your work's going to be pretty stale if everyone's just following each other. <laughs> oh, I agree totally. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always asking for for new and exciting people to follow that are not designers um and also another person one other person which he is designed but i think he's somebody no one would probably know of his name is um he's also london and he's the the uh ben longden ben logden so yeah l-o-n-g-d-e-n okay he's the digital digital design director of the guardian oh i love the guardian's design and I had the pleasure of attending uh, Adobe at its nice side event in London earlier this fall, where he was one of the speakers there. Okay. And it was lovely. So those are that's the one person that I find interesting. Hey, those are great. Thank you. And last question. This, this one, maybe I'll stump you on this one. You've been pretty good so far. How mm-hmm. do you want to be remembered? Hmm. Oh, I think that I did it. That is hard. <laughs> you did it. Um, I don't, I don't need anything grand. I don't need anything bold. But if anything, she follows her own path just as she is. So something I just, because I know I'm, I've always been the outlier. I've always not done what, you know, the traditional path of anything in one's life, even dating back to as a toddler, pre-K. So set the, it set just, the direction for your life. <laughs> yes. But just making cultural change and supporting creatives because at the end of the day I want to inspire and enable creatives of all their story oh that's so, so good well Vanessa thank you so much for joining us today uh, it's been a pleasure to finally actually have a, a real word to word conversation with our voices <laughs> <laughs> like face to face I wasn't a, I wasn't quite prepared for our face to FaceTime thing all so good. voices are good too yes just as good. So the next best thing to uh, to coffee. So we'll do that next time. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good night. Thank you, you too, Brandy. Bye-bye. Have a great holiday. You Bye. too. 
scars and I blow your mind while you kiss my scars and we